the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hey out there, everybody. Welcome to What's the Score. This is not Christopher Hart. This is Rich Jekyll from Score. And I have in the studio today Lucy Polito from Score. That's correct, Rich. It's a pleasure to be with you, maybe. I'm not sure yet, but so far, so good. That will be determined. Yes, that will be determined. Very shortly. And you know, we're going to take a a little bit of a different course here. We're going to introduce our guest first. Wow, that's really exciting. How about that? Yeah, it is great. And uh, I'm happy to introduce him. He's a gentleman who is the CEO and founder. How do you know he's a gentleman, first of all? Well, uh, you know, I have to check these people out before we... He was very nice. He was very nice. So I have no problems with that. Close enough. In any case, he is the uh, CEO and founder of an organization called United Office. And we're going to learn more about that. And his name is Ray Pasquale. It sounds Italiano. Unified, um, pardon me, Unified Office. i got to wear my glasses. Yeah. I hate to show the world that I'm older, but I guess I am getting old. Evidently. So let's yeah. clarify. It's uni- unite, Unified Office. <laughs> Here, okay? let me in introduce yeah. him. I, I just call him Ray. That's oh, okay. you know, This Italian last name gets me all excited. Yeah, That's but you're why. not Italian. Yes, I am. A Polito. What do you think that comes from? I thought it was South American. Well, I don't know. She's Paisan. No, okay. I'll paisano. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. So, Lucy, tell us a little bit about what SCORE uh, has to offer here, please. Well, you know, we talk about this week after week, and we want to make sure we that do. everybody understands. But that's why it's called that's What's score. the Score? That's right. What is the score? And we have different scores every week, don't right. we? Right. We have right. approximately 60 mentors that come to our office right here at the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. National Entrepreneur Center. That's right. right. And we're there every day from 9 to 5. Actual people are there, believe it or not. Yeah, no robots. No No robots. Which also means, you know, that if you happen to call the office, there will actually be a human being answering. And you will be uh, happy to hear that we have professionals. Everybody that is there, most of the folks are retirees who have been successful in their own way, in their own businesses. And we have all kinds of expertise. And if we don't have the local expertise in whatever you're looking for, we are a nationwide organization. So we can always connect you with somebody that you might be interested in in your particular business. That's right. And we can have, what, about 15,000 volunteers out there? Yes, yes. So we're absolutely going to find you an answer to your question. Absolutely. You uh, you will be surprised about the number of folks that we have that we are able to help. And, you know, remember this, we are a free organization. The big F word. Like to the say, big F word. The yes. big F word. You're not allowed <clears throat> to say that. And, um, no, and I won't say it. Okay, good. But uh, 
it is free between you and I. Okay, okay. good, good, good. But the point is that we have experts in every field, and we're there to help you. Um, and we can help you in different ways. I mean, you can come in initially maybe with just an idea, and we will walk through with that and find out how much information you need, how prepared you are, both knowledge-wise and maybe even financially-wise. And if you don't mm-hmm. have all your ducks in a row, we will help you put them on. Oh. We offer classes. Quack, quack. Yep, quack, quack. <laughs> uh, and we do offer classes uh, of different types of things, so from uh, a free class that we start with so that you can find out you know, what it's like to really have a business. Okay, now some of these seminars that we do – are standard. They're done once or twice every month. That is correct. But other ones are custom seminars, yes. right? Yes, and we have a lot of those too. And you know, one of the things about scores, we try to stay uh, attuned to what's going on in the business world. Right. Therefore, for instance, right now, technology is a big deal. Yes. So we have mm-hmm. classes and experts in technology uh, that can actually help you out. I'm not one of those folks. But there are other people, such as yourself, Rich. Our guest is one of those I folks. know. That's why I'm a little intimidated here. Notice? <laughs> you? I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, we do have experts in, in the technology world. So that's one of the interesting things about SCORE. We stay up to date with what's going on in the business world. Right. So that we can actually give back to you all that information. Right. And, again, cannot stress enough that it is free. And it's ever-changing. It sure is. And that's part of the reason we have our guest here today, uh, who was a big sponsor for our BizFest, which happened last week. Yes, uh, and it was very, you know, it's always exciting to be part of BizFest. Yeah. Do you know that uh, four years ago, I came up with the idea for this show after about three beers at at the end of BizFest? Well, it figures. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't surprise uh, me. No. Oh, no. Only three? Yeah. <laughs> Just three. That was it. But anyway, here we are still four years later, still doing the show, and it's a lot of fun, and we're really appreciative to Salem Communications for their support and, and what we're trying to do for the community. So, Ray, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, so I uh, founded Unified Office in something quite like the SCORE slash Entrepreneur Center uh, down at the Fashion Square Mall up in Portsmouth. Before before you get into the current stuff, mm-hmm. what did you do before? I worked, <clears throat> I worked in a lot of these companies these that built big iron for the Internet. Uh, oh, these are big things iron for the internet. Yeah, these are these big switches that did all kinds of things, like uh, created high-speed internet connections that you now oh, can enjoy oh, at your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never see these things. These things are in brick, brick bunkers that have to withstand earthquakes and that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. So the the phone T1 companies, lines and that all kind of stuff, all that yeah. kind of all the that kind of that, equipment that facilitates can, can deliver a T one line. The things that the average person never sees. You, know, you right. never see this stuff unless you got a yeah. tour of a bunker uh, from AT&T or Verizon or whoever we have down here. So, yeah, uh, Comcast. And so that's my, my heritage is building big iron that had to withstand uh, all these kinds of earthquakes and floods. And they oh, had to be cool. up 24 by 7, obviously. And so, um, you know, I was part of that whole Internet build-out boom back in the late 90s. Late uh, 90s? Where s- were you? I was up in the Boston area working for Boston. a couple of companies. The most notably was Cascade Communications, which was one of the pioneers in building what they called ATM and frame relay switches, which is a lot of gobbledygook for most people. But Yeah, tell us what it means, please. That, those things are big, big routers that sit 
They're not the routers you buy What's at Staples for your home, those little Linksys things <laughs> or Netgear that you have okay. to give you Wi-Fi. Good, good. Think of that, but think of a giant version of that would cost in those days 4 to $5 million each. Uh, and they would go to these brick buildings, and they would deliver high-speed connectivity throughout the country and then eventually to your home. And so that was uh, some heady days back then. Yeah, you're not Very heady days. And so from there, I did this with voice at a company called Sonus Networks. Well, we actually got – Cascade got bought by a couple of companies. Most notably was Lucent Technologies. Oh, yeah. Which was oh, the largest – yeah. It was the largest yeah. acquisition. I'm pretty sure it's still right up there. It was $24 billion they spent to buy wow. Cascade and the Sun Communications. Well, uh, this is back in the 80s, wasn't it? This was back 70s? in 19 – I'm going to say 1998 where that transaction oh, happened. Yeah. Uh, and so I left there and went to another startup. The beauty of this Cascade and that whole era, it spawned a whole lot of entrepreneurs like me that went out and – helped start other companies. Uh, and we're still going. We're still doing it. I mean, there's still that family that, that's out there that's still building companies. It's in, Once it's in your blood, <laughs> you just can't get rid of it. And so um, here we are. I went to Sonus Networks building something like the equivalent of what we built for the Internet, but this was for voice, taking voice communications and converting it into something that could be carried over the Internet. Uh, and, again, awesome. those, are, those are big switches. Uh, they had to withstand earthquakes. So my whole history oh, yeah. is building things yeah. that always have to work. And that's Are you kinda, an engineer? Uh, oddly enough, I'm a musician and uh, I'm a wow. self-taught engineer mm. over no the kidding. years. Yeah. All right. How does a musician go to a technician? Well, if you think about the creative element of, of a business, a lot of, uh, a lot of great programmers, uh, computer programmers, came from a musical background. It, it, building and creating something and writing code is a largely creative exercise. Uh, and it just, your mind is a lot more flexible than if you, I'm not going to say if you went to a, you know, a five-year college and you came out with a mechanical engineering degree, uh, but uh, engineers, artists, uh, they tend to be really, really good at working in technology. Yeah, it's creative. I mean, building a company is a very creative exercise. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's a psychological uh, roller coaster, but it's, but it's also it very is. creative. Yeah. So... We'll get into that scary part in a minute, there like you what you learned. When I got out of the service, I went and got a job at a bank back in... Uh, was that robbing it? Or? I was going to... No, <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. <clears throat> but I got into technology and the computers in those days, like at IBM 360, oh, which was about... Uh, the cell phone, your cell phone has more memory and more power than they did... The computers in those days were big enough to fill this room, which oh, is bigger. about. I worked with companies that had 14. huge, yeah. huge rooms of computers. Huge, and they had to be uh, air cooled. Yeah. We had to build systems underneath the floors. You remember this day? Oh, yeah, right? No, I. Those hard drives. I remember those hard drives. Oh my God! The they platters. Were, the big platters. <laughs> that, you know, when, he, when you when you when you heard about this thing called a disk crash. You didn't just see it. You heard it. This thing would walk. <laughs> it was like a washing machine. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you see all this vinyl being spit all over the place. It was yeah. incredible. It was crazy days. Yeah. Crazy days. No, I worked on that stuff. Okay. It's incredible what has happened to technology. It really absolutely yeah. is. Miniaturization. And now here you are going. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you thought of this idea. Well, <laughs> at Sonus, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, um, Voice over IP became a thing, and the reason it became a thing wasn't really – it wasn't about driving technology to help you and I do things better. Yeah. Uh, the venture capital companies that invested in that kind of activity 
really, it was all about price disruption. Uh, what? Price disrupting price, making a cheaper version of something that existed that Lucent or Nortel would sell, oh, something I called see. a PBX. Yeah, Ooh, sure. Oh, yeah. PBX. Those yeah. things for a small business would cost you about $250,000 for a company of maybe 35 to 50 people. And yeah. then the handsets, the telephones themselves in those days were, I don't know, they were like 1500 bucks, very expensive. So voice over IP was, you know, came along and said, okay, we can take that expense, build a plastic version of that, half the price, and then send it over the internet instead of having to send it over these phone lines. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was, it was all, again, it was all about price disruption. Build it cheaper and people will buy it. And then Lucent and Nortel and the rest of them will suffer from it. And there was a little bit of... Uh, I was going to say, there's a little bit of innovation. Uh, voicemail to email was one, uh, yeah. you know, but lar- by and large, those companies that came into being in those days weren't built to deliver quality. They were built to just price disrupt the market. And uh, over the years at Sonus, I was kind of hell bent to fix that, to change that paradigm and actually ah, build okay. something very similar that worked. Worked as reliable as with a, with a high degree of quality that, uh, than that of the old-fashioned phone systems that cost a lot of money back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And then, then what I wanted to do, because we live in this really impatient culture, we push buttons to order taxi cabs, Uber, <laughs> Lyft, whatever, Isn't you know, Diner amazing? Dash. Yeah, right? And, and, kidding. and Jeff Bezos is delivering toilet paper to your house in four, four or five hours. So <laughs> that's the world. That's the culture that we live in. And, you know, dentists, lawyers, doctors, they can't do it. Okay, hold that thought for a second. Lucy? No. You're I... supposed to remind me oh, okay. <laughs> that it's break time. Okay. We're back out there, gang, and we're talking with uh, Mr. Ray Pasquale from Unified Office, and we're going back. We're going reaching back into history when technology was first developed, right, Ray? I don't know if it's first developed, but it's my, I mean, I'm kind of an older just guy. Just go but... with me on this stuff, all <laughs> right? Yeah, probably well, yeah. a lot Whatever of the people, I say, you just go with you me. Know, probably a lot of the people that are listening to us. Can't even imagine what we're talking about. Oh, no. No, they you can't know? imagine they a computer filling an entire no. room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you were talking about so, yeah, so, the link. So it was, you know, creating voice over IP that, that literally worked in the, in, in, the, in the sense that voice is still a very important thing. We still all talk to each other. That's right. Sometimes. Of, Hopefully. Oh, well, sometimes, sometimes we do. Let's uh, hope. <laughs> but we do also push buttons, and when the buttons don't push quite right in the way we want, uh, you'll pick up the phone to call the taxi cab company and say, where are you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I mean, why do you have? Otherwise, you wouldn't need a, a, something called a cell phone, right? And they wouldn't have all these five G cell towers and, and all that sort of thing. So, voice and talking to people is still incredibly important. And uh, so, you know, having said that, these doctors, lawyers, dentists, all kinds of businesses, they don't know how to deal with this real time culture. It's a challenge for them. Uh, and so, I wanted to build a company that could create voice communications that would work, that would work all the time. That would have automatic failover in the event broad your internet was kind of flaky. We would fail over quietly to, to an LTE backup. You had redundancy? Uh, we have business continuity and redundancy, and it's okay. very silent. You don't even realize that happened. We watch over that, and we flip it back when your broadband is better again. Okay. Now, um, what he's talking about here 
is the idea that if your main uh, equipment goes down, there's a uh, backup equipment, a redundant piece of equipment that it automatically shifts to without any well, it's actually a little, uh, no it's a little tiny box. Our box is really small, our entry level box, and we have a little plug that we plug into it in the USB that does the failover. Ah, so, yeah, so okay. why did why internet broadband versus using a phone line? Well, to, to do voice over T one lines, as you mentioned earlier, right. or something called MPLS, which uh, is a kind of a software enabled version of a hard T one line. And by the way, you can see T one lines on phone poles. Those those aren't our power lines. Still around? Oh yeah, they're up in phone poles. But these things called T ones can cost still anywhere from three hundred and fifty dollars to a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of money yeah, for a yeah. small for business. a small business to yeah. spend, and that doesn't get you end to end quality. That only gets you from the T one line that leaves this building across that phone pole to a brick building. That's your reliability. That one, what I call that one hop to the brick building over there. And what's in that brick building is probably a PBX, whether it's an IP version of a PBX called a VoIP PBX or an old fashioned PBX is irrelevant. But that's kind of. That's that's a very expensive thing. And if you wanted to make that redundant, you had to buy a second one. Hmm. You think about your internet that you have at your home. You've got high-speed internet from, I don't know who you have down here, Spectrum. Spectrum. Yeah, we do have Spectrum. And you, you do a speed test at your house, and you maybe spend 75 bucks a month. You're getting probably 20 by 5, 20 megabits by 5 megabits down. And to put that in perspective, for $75 a month, you can deliver – a hundred simultaneous phone calls to your house. I mean, you just can't do that using this old antiquated equipment. So VoIP VoIP is a really important thing if you can make it work. If you can't make it work, it's not so important. We made it work. And then once we did that, we started to create create service layer innovations that would actually monetize voice voice communications. And so actually we turned it into a revenue generator. So in the case of uh, Domino's Pizza, which is uh, probably our largest customer in the quick-serve restaurant category, we're in close to 1,000 of them across the country in 36, 37 states now. Big, big presence down here in Orlando, uh, Gainesville, uh, Tampa area. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them, the the real-time analytics, and what I mean by that is they don't have to pick up the phone, take the order, punch it in like they used to. And, and they used to have like four phone lines, let's say. Right. So what would happen with seven or eight people on a Friday night called all at the same time? Some would get busy signals. Right. I'd get cold pizza usually. Or whatever. Yeah. And the chances of them calling back were probably good, uh, but maybe not. So uh, an enterprising owner, a very large Domino's owner in Los Angeles, called us in 2014 through a, an agent, a friend of his, uh, and said, I think this voice over IP could help take in a lot of calls without busy signals, but I can't find a voice over IP system that works. Without okay. drop calls and a lot of choppy voice. Uh-huh. And we heard yours works. And so we put our system out in Los Angeles, ran it for several months, didn't hear much from him. Uh, and all of a sudden we called him because we were a managed service. We actually watch over our customers. Uh, and when we know when you're, when you're out or we know when you're, you know, something happened. You we actually called, monitor? We monitor them 24 by 7 proactively. So wow. uh, we called them up and said, you know, we your store is down in Los Angeles. It's 8.30 a.m. your time. We don't know why it's down, but it's not up. Uh-huh. So he went out there, and sure enough, it was some construction thing going on. They ripped out the power and, and whatnot. And our system, uh, we said to him, you know, if you've got a store nearby, we can swing those orders that were about to go to your store over to a nearby store. And he said, you're kidding. No, we, that's... That's part of our innovation. Part of your service? 
part of our innovation yeah. is that, you know that those kinds of automated techniques that we use to keep all the money in the company. So we increase the revenue caps, whereas before he'd be out of business for yeah, that day, right. wouldn't for it? sure. Yep. Yeah. So simple things like that actually increase their revenue profile. Now, when you add on top of that, our software, our AI, artificially intelligent right. software that literally answers the inbound phone calls for the humans. So you can get 20 simultaneous inbound calls now. No busy signals with us. <laughs> you, but you, then the next logical question, well, don't I have to hire 20 people to answer those calls? Well, you would be correct. However, we built software that does that. Hello, thank you for calling Domino's. And you can, and then they, you, while you're on hold... This big screen television that we built for real-time analytics that the customers don't see, but the customer service uh, reps see it, it cues up all the names. It'll say Rich, Jake, little, you know, Lucy, Ray, uh, whether you're an MVP, uh, whether you're a driver, whether you're a manager, uh, and those kinds of things. And then the speedometers and also the speakers tell you that, you know, caller on line one is an MVP and he's been on hold for 20 seconds. Please answer it. And so it drives... It changes their behavior. It makes the awesome. workers makes the workers more effective. Wow! I'll so, say yeah. Well, because we're answering while we're answering it, they know they have to get to it eventually. They can start building pizza and then pick up the order. Right. Where yeah. before they had to grab the phone right away, they couldn't be making pizza while they were writing down your order or entering it into the point of sale. Anyway, so that's one of our innovations, and the the the, the ups the upshot of that is a lot of those restaurants now are realizing increased revenues that they haven't seen before in. in Contrary to popular belief, not every pizza is ordered with an app. Annual filings for Domino's, which anybody can read with the SEC, will tell you that they spent tens of millions of dollars over the years trying to move everything online. They only managed to get as high as 56% last year, and it plateaued there for the last couple of years, actually. So half their revenues come in via other voice, whether it's using Siri like my wife does, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Uh, okay, Google or all, any or yeah, Alexa, right, right? Hey, Google, right? So, see, we're talking, aren't we? Everybody's it's, so these invest a lot of money in those technologies. Anyway, that's that's the long and the short of what we do for Domino's. Okay, and uh, let me ask you this then: um, you get all these phone calls in, but you can only make so many pizzas per hour. Well, I so can't. I what can't. About the production that's not, that's not his problem. Well, that's that's not no, my problem. I, I know that. So, what are they doing? To well, they'll, they'll hire. They'll, they'll hire more people, won't they? they and, and, but the yield build more ovens, hire more people, hire more drivers. But the yield per person goes way up dramatically because yeah. of unified office. Okay, they probably uh-huh. have more. You know, they'd, they'd have to monitor their uh, calls. You no, know, like from Fridays, Saturdays probably are well, the biggest days of. Well, I'm sure that there's are. cycles there. Yeah, they yeah. have cycles. I'll give so. you one concrete example, and this is a non-Domino's customer up in New Hampshire, and I won't mention their name. Uh, they uh, walked into my office a couple of years ago. I didn't know who they were. They said, are you Ray Pasquale, Unified Office? I said, yes, I am. Uh, we'd like you to put your system into our chain uh, here in New Hampshire. And so we did. We went to visit them, uh, you know, about three, four weeks afterwards. I did in my CFO. Uh, and the owner came out and said, you guys are amazing. We were doing $45,000 a week before you. With Unified Office, the very first week we noticed an uplift of 35% in increased revenues. The first week. 35% on $45,000. Oh, Do the math. That'll wake them up. Wow. Look at all the business it, they were losing. What is that, Fifteen or $16,000 a week? Yeah. So isn't that a good problem to have? You can hire people now with that kind of money. Sure. You can put more drivers on the road. And this guy will do anything, talk to anybody about us anywhere in the world. 
How about that? Talk about, and then I looked at my CFO and I said, oh my God, he just paid for his five-year subscription within two kidding. weeks. We're not yeah. charging enough money for this. <laughs> but that's that's part of what we do. It's not all what we do. Uh, there's internet of things that we're bringing to, to, to the restaurant category. Look, we sell the hotels and dentists, right? Get that. I'm focused on restaurants because it's something that in the greater Orlando area, there's a lot of them here. You're not kidding. Uh, and we put little sensors in there, refrigeration. I think that's equipment. a nationwide uh, issue, though, because more and more people are ordering things. I mean, you well, either order by oh, Amazon yeah. Yeah, or yeah. you order, you know, for food. Well, the impatient so, things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. automobile Uber, dealers. Uber oh, Eats. Yeah. Automobile dealerships love us, too. Why do they like us? The Internet has allowed you and I to sit home and do all the research we want on the new car that we oh, want to buy. Car, yeah. We also know what we want to pay for it. Because we have the NADA online. Right. So now when you go into a dealership, you just want a salesperson to help you buy it. You yeah. already know what you're going to pay. You know what color you want. And if they can't find a salesperson, you're going to go, okay, well, I'm going to go someplace else. Because at that point, yeah. it's a commodity. Yeah. yeah. Did you see this this car thing where you Carvana. order it? Carvana. Yeah, that's it. Carvana. Off oh, of I-4, a vending machine for cars. Yeah, well, vending machine. Well, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I have goodness. to see that. I want to go there and look at who is doing this. Yeah. Who actually buys this stuff yeah, i'm not sure what the business case is for that it's but. it's all used cars they're not new cars they're all used right. cars oh i didn't know that yeah yeah okay but it's interesting you have a patent on this don't you we uh we uh, exactly we uh, received our first patent i think it was last year on the base platform that actually transmits real-time voice energy over internet networks reliably the internet was invented by the military to be always available uh-huh not to create you know great looking movies and you know in netflix in the early days if you can remember you'd see all this pixelation the movie would stop you get frustrated you see things called buffering buffering yes yes Uh, they came up with their own techniques to get video over broadband we've done our own techniques to get voice to work similarly over broadband networks although we we can uh, we uh, we could also do video and and other things in real time so we have our second patent that was granted and we announced that at BizFest. Uh, and that this was past uh, week. Yeah. this past week. So, I mean, that was a big deal for us. Uh, and, you know, to get two patents on something like that wow. is almost unheard of. Yeah. So that's the, the base platform of the company. And on top of that, we build all these value-added services for businesses of all kinds. Yeah, I love that. The customer service ideas are phenomenal. Yeah, the, the revenue generation, the thing that we uh, – something that we're working on now is what we call sentiment analysis – uh, you can imagine if you own 100 Domino's stores like Rob does out in L.A., uh, the call recordings that he has to comb through to check for whether he's checking for a disputed transaction between a customer and his store, uh, whether he's checking for somebody that's complaining about one of his workers or vice versa. And now he can go back with us. He can do that automatically, go through all those 50,000, 60,000 calls uh, by selecting and checking a box off, pushing enter, and a couple hours later, we'll come back with a subset of calls that we think match his criteria. Welcome back. Uh, We're here with Ray Pasquale. And no, I'm not Christopher Hart of American Adversaries. I'm Rich Jekyll from SCORE. And I'm here with Lucy Polito and Ray Pasquale from Unified Office. We're having a fascinating discussion about technology and some of the things that uh, Ray has come up with. He has two patents existing, right? 
Well, we have several patents, but these several. two in particular are on our base transmission network, which is the platform, the foundation of the company. Oh, okay, good. So, now, let's go back a, a moment and tell us how you got involved with SCORE. Well, the name David Hyland I mean, comes to good, mind. If it's a good story. <laughs> if it's not, nice, forget it. Oh, it's a great story. I was able to eat for free that day. I'll never forget oh, it. David? So. Oh, yeah, my David. God. Yeah, that's all he does. Well, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I incubated this company in something like that like SCORE and the Entrepreneur Center up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, six, seven years ago. And, um, you know, it's more than just office space. It's it's just being around other people. I'm, I'm more of an – I was I was pretty a pretty seasoned entrepreneur that didn't need a lot of help. Uh, but being – because this is such a psychological event when you're building a company, and it's even more so when you put all of your, uh, dare I say, retirement money at risk, which is exactly what I did. Yeah. Uh, I, talk a little bit more about that because a lot of the new entrepreneurs don't realize the efforts and the the pain that you guys go through when you start. They they don't, and it was funny you should mention that because I had talked to a few of them uh, this past BizFest. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it was fascinating that they just think they can come in and just drop an idea down, yeah. and magic happens, and yeah, they I mean, don't, the they, idea is going to sell itself. The it idea doesn't. will sell itself, and there's no risk. But I, this one mm-hmm. young lady who uh, is building a fashion line, and she's I really a uh, lot of positive energy. She really. She didn't know how to do it. And, and, and so in, in Portsmouth, there were people that were around me that were kind of like her. I would help them, teach them whether that, well, do you have a good idea or not? Let's figure out if you do. The only way to know is to try to take it to market and get some feedback. Um, and and those, they, they need to know how to do that, right? Uh, what they did for me is they provided me camaraderie, somebody to talk to. And when I had my low periods, I could yeah. help them. And it made you know, kind of lifted me up. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like uh-huh. a... It's like a sub, your own sort of support system, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you kind of need that because it really is a, uh, I, as I said to, to, I don't know if it was Christopher Hart or whoever I was talking to, it's you can't design a roller coaster nearly as scary uh, as, as being an entrepreneur and seeing it through to the end. I put over a million dollars of my money into this company. I'm not one of those guys that has many of those <laughs> millions. So, so uh, you know, once you do that, uh, you've got to believe you're going to succeed. And it's mostly, I would define success as somebody once told me that the only time you get hurt in a roller coaster is when you stand up and jump out. You just sit down, grab the grab the rail, and see okay. it through. Right, but that's what it is. It's really about constancy of purpose. Execute. Keep at it. Don't quit. You have to believe in what you in even that if, idea, even if it's an average idea. Yeah. If you don't quit and you just persist. That's right. You can make it work. And that's really, I hate to say it, that's the secret. Mm-hmm. You just don't quit. And unfortunately, a lot of people quit at the wrong time. Okay. Your idea didn't sell itself. Oh, no. No. You had to sell the idea. That's what a lot of the entrepreneurs do not understand. It's like a restaurant. They want to do the cooking, but they don't know how to run the business. And it's actually a business that needs to be taken care of. So how did you get the company off the ground? Well, I was I was rather fortunate that, you know, I knew the market was in pain. Yeah. Right. The market did right. need what I was trying to build. They didn't realize it. Yeah. But I did. Uh, I, what I had to do is learn how to tell the story of why it benefits you. There's a a good TED talk that I would recommend anybody that we, you, when you're at SCORE advising people to, to listen to Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, mm-hmm. know your why. He talks about people don't buy what you do or how you do it. They buy why you do it. 
Okay, good. Why did Apple become so successful? I mean, there were other people building computers. Yep. There were other people. The Zoo and Microsoft had a music player. Okay. But they just threw it in the market and said, you know, I got, I got more memory than the other guy, and I got more buttons, and it's purple. <laughs> when, when, when you saw Apple advertising, what did you see? You saw a lifestyle. You saw people dancing and having a great time, right? Uh, you saw Bono singing uh, whatever his hit song was back in the day. Uh, you're, you're buying into the vision that Apple had, which was elegance, simplicity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good industrial design. Uh, and, and those kinds of things are that what people, that's what they want to hear. So when you're out there trying to convince somebody to buy your product, you're not really selling. You're telling them this is why it's good for you. And that is so important because these these uh, uh, new entrepreneurs that are coming out think, well, I'm not a salesman. No, but it isn't. You're telling a story. You have to explain. You're fixing pain is what, right. what you, I You feel. go to somebody and you say, look, I invented this because this is going to make you appear more confident. Right. And in her case, I said, you know, your logo has to be strong. It has to uh, evoke a, an, a, an emotion. Right, right, right. Right. And then, you know, then I asked her, why are you doing this? Yeah. Well, I want people to be feel more confident. I think wearing my clothing will make them feel more confident. So then yep. tell the story. Yep. Exactly. Don't tell them how much cotton's in it or, you know, Egyptian whatever cotton and <laughs> thread counts. They don't care. One of my favorite things to uh, counsel these guys on is the Witham principle. Have you ever heard of the Witham principle? I have not. Okay. If, if I'm a customer and I've got somebody coming in to talk to me, I want to know what's in it for me. Correct. Witham. In other words, you tell me why I should buy from you. That's the key to the sales and the key to getting clients. Isn't that right? I'll tell you an anecdotal story. Years ago, when I, uh, in the 70s, I was 20 years old, couldn't find a job. It was one of those recessions. We had Jimmy Carter, I think, was the president. There were a, a whole lot of life insurance uh, selling jobs out there. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know any better. I just took one of them, and it was all knocking on doors. There was no salary, no base yeah, pay. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I, but I'll tell you what, it was some of the best education I ever got in my life. Uh, how to be, don't be afraid of people, how to not be, be intimidated. And uh, I don't know how I came, I was a very shy person and helped bring me out of my shell. Yeah, I, you I, sure I, sound like it. But I'll, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very shy. But I'll, I'll never, you got by that one. I'll never forget this one, this one uh, prospect that I was sitting in their house one night and the husband was looking at me like he wanted to really hurt me like what are you doing in here hurry up and get out of here uh but anyway they got really interested in what i had to what i, what I had to say and I'm, i said look i'm basically here to help you not here to hurt you if you don't need this tell me i, I can go i'll leave uh and the more we talked about it, they said well how are you different why wouldn't i buy it from prudential there or john go. hancock or whatever right. i said you can but one of the things you won't get with either of those companies is you won't get me was that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, apparently it was, it was a good thing. <laughs> Evidently, it, it was. was a little risky yeah. when I said it that way, but it's true because I believed that I was going to service you better than anybody else was going to. And so, when you're talking to a customer, and when somebody says, "Why should I buy from you?" There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yep. I'm going to yeah. make sure that you're successful. And if you don't like what I have, I'm going to make it work until you do like it. And I promise you that. And you know, and then it's a risk, right? And then it's up to the the person you're talking to to take the leap and go with you. And that's right. You might have to knock on 10 doors to get one or two. That's and, you know, you just touch on something that's very important that a lot of people in business sometimes take for granted, and that is service. I mean, you can initially love the product, mm-hmm. but if the service is lousy, boy, you are in deep trouble because that person is not going to 
not only going to buy from you, but they're going to tell their friends. You know, there used to be a thing that said, you know, you buy from somebody, you get something, and you can tell nine people about the bad experience that you had with that product or that service. So service is a key to maintain your business. You're exactly right. That is really critical. You can have all these widgets and push buttons and features and nobody cares if you don't service it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Let's take a pause for the cause here, Lucy, and tell us what's coming up with uh, Score. Well, you know, we just had a wonderful um, event with BizFest. Was I there? I I think so. I may have seen you in the shadows of all the people. (laughs) I was at the bar. You were at the bar probably, (laughs) yes. But, you know, we always at Score are trying, as I said before, we're always trying to stay current with what's going on in the business world. Mm. And so now we have... The next big event, which will be the first time we've done this, yeah. to my knowledge. Yeah. And it is going to be an event held on June 8th. And it's going to be all about technology. And we're going to have some wonderful speakers. Yeah. I believe there's uh, six or eight of them. Uh, six, I six, think. Yeah. yeah, I think there are six people. Some of them have been on the radio before. Right. They are experts in their field. And this is a, a great opportunity for you to learn more about the world of technology, which is really surrounding us. Are you coming back for that? Uh, I'm, I won't be able to. I, I wanted to, to, but I, I won't be able to. But well, I, I just said you'd fit in perfectly. <laughs> but I am. I just wanted to point out that we are a, a gold sponsor and we will be sponsoring a, a number of these breakfasts throughout the year. Great. Uh, at SCORE. And then I didn't just want to finish. Why did I support SCORE here? Oh. And that's because I have an affinity for these kinds of organizations having done it myself in Portsmouth in a similar environment, I know yeah. how important that is to be around mentors that can help see your idea through and help yeah. keep you in the game. Good. Thank yeah. you. Well, we thank you for that. Yes. Definitely. Thank because, you for your uh, support, especially. Yeah, thank you for your support. Okay. But going back to our Digital Media Day, which will be again on June 8th, this will be a, an event that starts at 9 a.m. and goes all the way through Five. Yeah. Five. Uh, if you come early enough, you're going to get, uh, you know, coffee and donuts. Right. And get you going, get your sugar up there. And you so don't that even you have be... to pay for it. No, it's you don't have to pay for that. It's free. But you will have to pay for the whole event. Yes, you will. It is $50 per person. Yeah. I think that's relatively very economical for all the information that you're going to be given. Yeah. The technology so, information. The technology information right now, as uh, uh, Ray has mentioned, I mean, it, there are things going on that are beyond our understanding. Certainly what Ray has done, I, you know, you never think about these things, but yeah. there's a whole bunch of things that go behind the scenes before, you know, we get a hold of a phone or a computer or whatever. So you got to learn about that and you have to learn how to manage this technology. If you are going to start in the technology world or if you're going to open up a business, you're going to need some sort of technology. So you might as well know and learn about it, including the social media, which is very important in promoting your business today. Yeah. So uh, be aware that June 8th is the famous day. Uh, This is included, including lunch. So you get coffee and donuts or something in the morning and we'll have a short break. It'll be a great time to mingle and network with uh, the experts. And uh, we'll, of course, have a very good lunch. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. Great, great, great. Uh, Ray, um, Speaking of technology, which was your what was your biggest stumbling block when you were getting this stuff going? Oh boy, you remember? It, or did oh, you I, I do. No, there was a lot of stumbling blocks. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you know, technology failures. There was, you know, we didn't know how to, you know, we didn't have that oh, patent. Okay, I mean, yeah. we we were just as bad as all the other VoIP companies out in the market in terms of quality. 
Okay, we're going to have to take another break here. So we'll continue with that conversation when we come back. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. And we're listening to What's the Score? Could you whisper in my ear the things you want to feel? I'll give you anything to feel it coming. Welcome back to What's the Score? I'm Rich Jekyll from Score Orlando here with Lucy Polito in this in the studio today, and we're our guest is uh, Ray Pasquale, a very interesting guy, uh, technology guy, my career field as well from Unified Office. And Ray, you were talking about uh, some of the hazards or stumbling blocks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, And they go in in no particular order. I mean, obviously, uh, money, access to to funding, venture Uh, venture capital, uh, angel funding uh, is incredibly difficult still after the, especially after, well, back in the 90s, I give you, try to give you an example of, and I I may mess this up a little bit, but I don't think so. I think there was about, during the dot-com boom, in about the year 2000, there was about 20 some odd billion dollars of investable capital. in uh, in venture capital, uh, and that shrunk dramatically after the crash to about three billion dollars. Wow! Uh, it's cert- it certainly has recovered, at least in the Bay Area. I mean, there's a lot of a lot oh, of yeah. money sloshing yeah, around right. in San Francisco out there, yeah. but uh, you know, still here on the East Coast. I mean, access to capital is the mother's milk of a of a startup, and it's mm-hmm. been still been very difficult. Um, but you know, having said that, there are you know. You know, that's why I said I had to bootstrap this company myself. I used my own money. I was a beneficiary of the dot-com boom. I made money. I didn't have to work anymore. Oh, uh, now, of okay. course, I do have to work yeah. after putting it all on the line. But there's no other way to do it. And uh, and, and so money is key. Uh, you know, technology, building your product and, and suffering through trials and tribulations and failures and, and not quitting. Uh, as I alluded to before the break, that, you know, we went out and did our, our testing in, the, in Philadelphia. Uh, we chose Philadelphia for a couple of reasons, one of which was if you're going to mess something up, do it far away from where you started your company. <laughs> uh, Actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, we, goodness. Well, okay. I mean, that's one. There's logic in there someplace. Well, yeah. there is. But we also had a, a friendly IT person out there that knew that the industry needed what we were trying, what I was trying to build. And he had patience with me and, and brought me into several accounts that also had patience. Uh, and we were horrible. We, you know, we had drop calls, a lot of echo. But I knew instinctively and don't ask me how and this is where faith this is where passion purpose and and commitment come in you have to in faith you have to have faith that you're going to overcome these things you can't be scared just because you don't know how you're going to do it doesn't mean you're not going to do it but if you believe you can't you won't so i'm going to fix this Mm -hmm. i didn't know how i just said i'm going to fix this and my engineer my developer who's been with me for a number of years he has the same kind of He's fearless. He doesn't know how to fix it, but he knows he can. So we went out there. He went out there, I should say, and I stayed back at the mothership. And we, Tom and I, went back and forth, back and forth. You know, if we could do this, if we could only do this, if we could emulate a human being that could troubleshoot the broadband connection at Lucy's home without her having to touch anything, and then if we could do that in software, emulate a a technician that would go to your house Uh and do that emulation in software, we began there. And so we began probing your router at your home to see, is it dropping packets? Is it sick? Does it need to get rebooted? And there were various ways that 
we do that, and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. they're not typical ways. Those typical ways that are done in the network industry are shut off uh, by the uh, broadband companies mm. uh, for denial of service attacks and things like that. So we had to invent our own application over the top that they don't know about would allow us to peer down to troubleshoot that way. Uh, and so we started to build software that could do that. Uh, and then we, things got better. We had less drop calls, less uh, choppy voice. And uh, then we invented ways to build this cloud network across the country uh, and a protocol that would make that even better. And that protocol that we invented got its first patent last year, got its second patent the morning of BizFest. We announced it last week by the U.S. Patent Office. And Mm so that network that we built, that we've got patented, is responsible for no drop calls, no choppy audio. Uh, But it took, I'm going to say it took about a year of just experimentation. Hit and miss, yeah. And just hit and miss and just keep trying. You just keep trying. And, you know, you're, you're saying something that is very important for any entrepreneur or people who are starting in any type of business. You know, People just assume that they're good, good at something and they're going to be successful automatically. And when they're not, they kind of give up. And you're so right. If you really believe in your product or your service and yourself, you are going to be successful. Yeah. But there are going to be a number of stumbling blocks on the road. And you know what? They never stop. The stumbling blocks are always there. They're always and there. you have to be ready yep. and you have to be prepared because you just keep knocking them down and be su- successful. And that's the whole key. Uh, if you're if you're not a believer of yourself and your abilities, you're not going to make it. And so yeah, you yeah. have to believe in your in your service. You have to believe in your product, and you have to also know that there are going to be some stumbling blocks. There will be. But there do be not some, give up. There'll be times when that support phone's going to ring, and your right. your heart's in your throat. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. don't know you know what's and on you know the what? other. end. This happens at all levels of business. Right. I mean, you can be a small businessman, or you could be a very successful person, and you know have a very. Uh, great business and there are going to be stumbling blocks some of them are not your doing some of them are the environment uh but things, you have to be ready to, to things go that. bump in the night and you have That's to right. know that whatever happens you're going to make it right you're going to fix That's it right. and you're going to make it even better than it was before as my mom used to say bless her soul was one of the things she said she's a lot of things a lot of idioms when i was a kid it was just amazing to me <laughs> uh but See, moms which, are really very wise women aren't they <laughs> uh, so are dads yeah, my dad, my dad, same way. My dad is very entrepreneurial. Uh, he's, he's still with us, thank God. But, uh, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Ooh, you can be afraid. Good one. Good one. Even if you feel like, you know, you got to yeah. go to the bathroom and, you know, do whatever, fine. Go ahead and do it. Come back out with a smile on your face and go back to work. Uh, you're going to have to feel the fear. You, that's you an just, attitude. You've yeah. got to power through it. And, and that's a good attitude. I mean, that is something to really think about. And but, it's true. But it's lost in so many people. They oh, yeah. think they're going to invent a widget, throw it over the wall, and they're going to be a millionaire overnight. Yes. And that's that's not going to happen. No, no, I know. It's that's not one of happen. the biggest stumbling blocks for these new entrepreneurs. Hey, tell us where how you can be reached, your website, your phone number. Yeah, the website, uh, there's plenty of places on the website to reach us. As email uh, mentioned there, there's uh, 800 numbers, all kinds of places to get okay. us. What's your phone number? Uh, that's a good question. I never call myself. But oh, if you right. go to www.unifiedoffice.com, it's all over the place. There's plenty of places, a chat window to get a hold of us. Great. Uh, and everything. So, Okay. Here, I don't have my glasses on, so you can read the phone number. The uh, phone number is 603. Oh, never mind. Never well, maybe mind. I should read the... 
It's the wrong phone number. Yeah, it's the wrong oh, is phone that number. The, okay, that's the old number. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I didn't so bring my go to the website. Card. Go to the website. Okay. Well, let, let me let me repeat the website. Okay. It's unifiedoffice.com. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. That gets us there. All right. And as we continue, so basically, if you have a product or a service, uh, the bottom line here, Ray, as we hear you talk, is it's not going to sell itself. Yeah, if it might. I mean, there are things that go, you know, there's these anomalies things, that happen. But, but in uh, general. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. Right. How long did it actually take you before you started uh, really reaping re- rewards from the service? Well, I mean, we're still, I mean, we're st- it's still a work in progress. Yeah, we, it is. Yeah. It we're all is. over the country. I mean, so by and large, you, you, you know, we keep fueling the growth. We keep, we've raised a little bit of money from some wealthy friends of mine. Where, where did but, you officially start? In, uh, up in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Okay. okay. Yep. So from there, you've grown all over the country now. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, our first customer, oddly enough, even though we're based in New Hampshire, was in Los Angeles. Our first Domino's person that I alluded to earlier. Okay. Who had uh, kind of a, um, he's an entrepreneur in his own right, beyond food. But, he was also know, technology. Think about that. That's kind of interesting because here's a, I would say at that point, a small company. And that gentleman took a chance. He did. Okay. And so that tells yeah. you something about that gentleman, as well, well as, of course, he you. had you, confidence, you, though. Yes, he, he had did. confidence. Well, he had he confidence. You're touching on something else that's kind of important. And uh, it's this is not meant to be pejorative, but you've heard the phrase, fake it until you make it. I haven't heard that phrase. Well, you have to <laughs> pretend you're bigger than what you really are. Okay. Right? Uh, and that's that, that, that shows confidence that even yeah. though they might know that you're not that big, it shows confidence that they'll have in you that you're there for the long haul. You're going to make it work. And you're thinking big. You're not thinking small. Because it takes as much work to build something small as it does to take it big. Oh, for sure. The same amount of effort. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a a good commentary, except always remember you at the end have to deliver. Yeah. No, you do. Uh, I started about 28 offices across the U.S. And uh, the first one was horror. I mean, horror. It took me about a year and a half to get profitable even. And by about the 17th office or so, I think it was in St. Louis, we were profitable in the first six months because I had learned from the, yep. the trips and the falls and mm-hmm. all the things I had done wrong before in the past. And it got more efficient and more effective. So yep. uh, that's what the entrepreneurs you know out there what, for need those to folks think that are- about. For those folks that are listening to us right now, let's remember that SCORE is there to help you along the way. Right. So if you are having problems right now, if you're stumbling, we're there to help you. I'm stumbling so- in this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always stumbling anyway. Well, that's true. <coughs> that's true. What's the SCORE phone number? Well, website. The website and the phone number, it's 407-420-4844. You call there, you might get rich. And you if might get lucky, Lucy. You might get Lucy. And our website is um, orlando.score.org. Okay. And, and like us. Like us on Facebook. Right. Okay. Very good. Well, it's certainly been an informative uh, interview today. Ray, what would you like to close out with? got about one minute. Yeah, I think uh, I, I just would like to encourage you all entrepreneurs to never give up on their dreams. Uh, and um, the world needs entrepreneurs. Okay. We really do because companies don't invent themselves. I mean, General Electric was built by a guy who 
for whatever reason, was maniacally obsessed to make a light bulb light up, right? <laughs> Maybe he was getting... <laughs> Edison? Uh, yeah, Edison. Yeah. He was, you know, but he tried, like, I don't know how many times, millions of yeah. times, and he made himself homeless. Yeah. He never quit. Yeah. That became General Electric. Yeah. Perhaps his biggest contribution, by the way, was the smart grid, was the grid to distribute the electricity to, to get the light bulbs to light. Really? But he was a classic case. He never quit. That's a key. If I had to, if you don't, you've got to have passion, purpose, and commitment and never quit and you'll be successful. That is absolutely true. And let's remember that the U.S. economy basically is ran by small businesses. You don't have you entrepreneurs. Yeah. You don't have companies. You don't have Boeing That's aircraft. Right. You've yeah. got no jobs. Yeah. You need entrepreneurs. Yes, you do. You need as many as we can get. Yeah. You, need, you need places like SCORE, Entrepreneur Centers, anything like that. Uh, we, we need more of those things, if not. That is correct. And everybody should remember, SCORE is there, available Monday through uh, Friday. and we Saturday. Even, Saturday, we right. do special mentoring sessions. And so we're there to help. Okay, very good. Any last words, guys? Oh, that's it from here. Thanks for having me, Rich. Hey, was, thank uh, you for your support. Yeah, and thanks for help. showing up at BizFest again this year. Oh, it's important for we me to show uh, to show support for the entrepreneur community through organizations such as yours and the Entrepreneur Senate. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And I'm glad to be able to be in a position okay. to do it. Yeah, well, it's been too. a learning experience for me as far as what you do it, so... I, you know, half of it went over my head because I'm not a techie person, <laughs> I but am, I know but I use your services. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you all out there it's next week, same time, same bat channel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.